Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. It's Monday night, which means this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino, right downtown Las Vegas off of Fremont Street. Uh, Our friends there also have a great sports book at the Circa that you can take advantage of the next time you're in Las Vegas. Download it and load it up and uh, take advantage of that, so... Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, where we are awaiting our next round of monsoon storms. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California, where they have no idea what monsoon storms are. But we do know what earthquakes are. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I don't want to say you're waiting for your next round of earthquakes, but (laughs) I'll take the monsoon over that if that's okay. Oh, oh, me too, 100%. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. I am doing well. On uh, Friday, we took home three, about eight, nine-week-old kittens. So they're uh, playing right now downstairs. And uh, <laughs> I saw them on social media. <laughs> yeah, trying to actually my, my friend. older cat. <laughs> so, oh, I absolutely love it. That's some great stuff. Um, so... Let me tell you this. We are getting close to hockey time, Rob, because uh, prospect camps are underway. Or at least the Sharks are. I can't find any other ones, but I assume other people are having prospect camps pretty soon. But the Sharks are underway. So I said, you know, why not reach out to my good friend, Shang Peng, the uh, SJ Hockey Now writer. And uh, let's bring Shang on tonight and talk a little bit about uh, all things San Jose hockey and uh he graciously accepted, so in about oh, 10 minutes or so, 12 minutes or so, we'll have Shang on. But before we get to that, anything else going on in the world of professional hockey? Uh, well, I was, uh, <laughs> I, was looking at the, uh, I was looking at the schedules, uh, but uh, I was looking for some news, honestly. And when I was there, unless things just happened, they're really, it's, like I said last time, it's been very quiet. Did you, are you uh, alluding to something that I missed? No, I, I'm I'm wondering if you found something because I thought it was really quiet, and I keep thinking something's going to break somewhere with the Eichel deal, or or somebody's going to sign somewhere that was unexpected, or uh, there's still some free agents left out there, and 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 now we're starting to see the uh, the the rookie camps or the uh, prospect camps get underway, and that's bringing out some not only some college talent that will be returning back to NCAA hockey, but also some guys that are trying to make a run to see if they can stay with their NHL teams that drafted them. Uh, that's that's always what prospect champs are about, is to see what you could show. Because if you struggle in the prospect camps, uh, front office usually thinks that you're not going to do much better when the real uh, guys are around. So it's really important to shine. If you have any shot at trying to make the big club, you have to shine at every step of the way. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see some of these prospects uh, for all the teams, especially here in California, uh, with me locally here in California. Uh, but you want to talk about interesting news. There was one thing uh, I did forget to mention. Uh, there were Ranger fans who in Buffalo put up a billboard about Jack Eichel. <laughs> and apparently Kevin Adams saw that billboard and was not too happy. 
<laughs> bet not. <laughs> so, so is that tampering from Ranger fans? <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of tampering, a little bit of uh, you know throwing salt on, on the wounds of Kevin Adams, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. Well, he's got a lot of wounds because uh, that that keeps dragging out and uh, I just don't know how it's going to end Rob but uh, the longer it goes the one thing that we do know is Jack Eichel probably is going to not play now until maybe the first of the year well uh, as, as you know in most things the longer you let a team hang around be, that you should be beaten they, they could uh, come back and bite you this is the same thing with the Jack Eichel thing just it just keeps lingering and lingering and there's no end in sight for it honestly I don't really see an end in sight. You just like you just said, he's not supposed to play until the first of the year. So again, we talked about his value getting lowered. You know, he's going to have to show that he's healthy before he can get his value elevated. So now you're looking more: is he a rental? Not necessarily rental, but is he a uh, deadline deal? Uh, at, well, you'd you have know, to think that, right? You know, because he's not going to go before the deadline now. You, you, if he's not going to come back until the first of the year at the earliest, right? Then you're talking about he needs to show he's healthy and he can play games in, at the NHL level. So you're looking at the deadline at, or, or right around the deadline is the earliest possible return for uh, uh, Jack Eichel. And, you know, we're not talking about a wrist or an arm or a shoulder or even a knee. We're talking about a neck. And uh, when you have neck surgery of any sort, you just don't know how that's going to recover. And you don't know if it's going to be one hit until you're you're out again or or worse, you know, I mean, that that's a, a dangerous, dangerous place to be working on and even a more dangerous place uh, on your body when you're playing NHL hockey. Well, it's also the unknown. Uh, they know what it's like to have fusion, do fusion surgery. And what, what, what they were saying is that uh, after a while, your neck becomes thick and you have uh, stiff and you have to have more surgery. So it's more surgery is definitely in your future if you do the the Sabres type of surgery they wanted. But with this this ectomy, they don't know, you know, is it 10 years, 20 years? Do you ever, ever have to have surgery again? So that's one of the things that it's the land of the unknown. It's not like it's in a knee or a shoulder where it's like, okay, I know it's not great, but we at least have history. Yeah, and speaking of shoulder, you know all about that, don't you? Uh, all too well. I Actually, I went for my three-and-a-half-month appointment today, and in the next six weeks, I am going to start uh, getting into the throwing and uh, getting my way back to playing con competitive sports again. So, yes. Well, I that's know good news well. on your end of it, for sure. <laughs> always, always. I, I miss it. I mean, it's it's great to watch the games, but when you're so used to playing them, and you play you play golf and, and hockey, and, you know, you know, so it's like, you know what it's like when you can't play. <laughs> Yeah, do I ever. Uh, I had feet issues, uh, bunion surgeries on my feet while I played golf, and that was uh, not a lot of fun. So, um, I can't yeah. imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just, uh, when you can't stand properly, it's hard to hit a golf ball, especially at a competitive level. So, well, anyway. not only that, but then you just, you injure other parts of your body trying to, because your body's smart, it tries to make up for it. So, you injure other things because your other parts of your body are not used to moving that way. <laughs> compensation injuries compensation injuries is exactly right okay so as i said the uh the sharks have their uh their camp their prospect camp underway i'm seeing right now online that they're saying they're going to have a uh, uh online a live stream of their scrimmage on thursday night uh, august right. 19th this right. thursday so um i told you before the show i said if we didn't get a guest let's talk uh nhl's uh, schedules <laughs> And uh, I thought maybe the uh, the best way to be would be to start out with the teams that you got out in California. So before we bring Shang on here in about, oh, I don't know, uh, six minutes or so, let's uh, get a quick recap of what you saw on the schedule uh, for the San Jose Sharks, Pacific Division foe of many. Well, as I text you, quirky doesn't begin to describe it. First of all, the Sharks are one of the later teams to start. They Their first game is Saturday, October 16th, when the league starts on Wednesday uh, the the thirteenth and twelfth, the twelfth actually 12th for Vegas. And, yeah, yeah, Vegas so, and uh, and uh, Seattle. Right, right, right. There's four, two games that that night, and then Wednesday. And you you know you figure by Thursday they're playing Friday. Okay, they get no, they're not starting until Saturday, and they play against the Jets. Then they go on a five game road trip right after that. 
Then they come home for a five-game homestand. So it's just really kind of strange uh, the way the schedule sets up. They play the Jets twice in the first 13 games or so. They don't play a Pacific team until they play the Flames on November 9th. And then they don't play again until December 7th, the second Pacific game, but only one team because they play the Flames again. They don't really start their Pacific schedule until December 14th when they play the Kraken. The Kraken will make their first ever visit to San Jose and the SAP Center. I believe that's what they call it these days. Uh, And then they have a back-to-back with the Canucks. So it's just interesting how they go a long stretch uh, without playing Pacific Division teams. So uh, it's just, like I said, they start on the road at home for five after after opening at home, five straight road games. Then they have five straight uh, home games. So it's like really weird how they have the five and fives going. Uh, first half of the schedule, three separate five-game road trips. That's a lot of road trips in the first half of the season. Boy, is uh, it ever! And they, and if you include a four-game road trip, that's a, that's another one. Uh, five is not is just one, obviously one one game more. So it's it's interesting that uh, that they go on the road so much, and then on the back half of the schedule, uh, the Kraken make their first. Uh, Actually, when they make their first ever visit to Seattle uh, on January 20th, so not too far after the new year. Uh, and then they end the season with the Kraken as well. They don't play the Kings, I believe, until March 17th. Are you kidding me? An in-state foe, and they yeah. don't get them until that late in the season? That is uh, that is more than quirky. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I was looking at that, and I was like, no. I, I looked over the schedule probably about 10 times because I couldn't believe that the first game – against the L.A. Kings was January 17th. I mean, just crazy the way the way they have it. And then they have in March, then they have uh, the Kings three games uh, in four nights or three games in three games in five, four games type of thing. So very quirky. It's I don't know what's up with the schedules, both with the AHL and the NHL. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Maybe it's just uh, adjusting to uh, back to a quote-unquote normal uh, season. And, and the reason I bring up the normal season part of it is uh, just reading the press release about the uh, the uh, development camp scrimmage, it, it, it cu- jumps right in the second line. Due to ongoing public health emergency and local COVID restrictions, general public will not be allowed inside the SAP Center However, the Sharks will be hosting the live stream event for free. So we're still dealing with it, Rob, even even right now in a develop, development camp. I saw that. I saw that. I was, uh, I'm was. i hoping that's not going to be the same when they host uh, in Arizona. They have the rookie camps in Arizona. I hope that will be uh, fan-enabled, uh, but we'll have to see. But, yeah, I saw that. I'm going to have to check it out on Thursday night to see about the prospects because I have my list of prospects that I want to ask. Uh, and I'm sure they're the top prospects, but – one of them is our old friend Brinson from ASU. So passionate, yeah. Br- so Brinson ask- passionate, getting a chance to uh, uh, step in year two, and uh, he did get some NHL debuts in there and played a couple of games and really had a strong season. I think at the end for the uh, Barracuda, the San Jose AHL affiliate. So that will be interesting. We'll try to get around uh, our Pacific Division as best we can and and touch base with people that are directly in the know. And Sheng is definitely one of those directly in the know. So um, when we bring him on, we'll, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about, but okay. Anything else that you saw? I, I saw some things going on with Colorado at the AHL level. They announced they're going to play the San Jose Sharks farm, uh, AHL team, farm team, <laughs> talking baseball here, <laughs> the Sharks AHL affiliate, the Barracuda and a couple of uh, preseason games in Colorado. And when I looked at my schedule, I'm going like, that's really cool because It'll be the 9th and 10th, so I will be in Colorado uh, on the 8th, 9th, and 10th now, and I will see a game all three nights because Arizona State and uh, uh, Denver go at it on the 8th and 9th. I'll be there on the 9th. Colorado College opens up against St. Lawrence and opens their brand-new building uh, officially, I guess, uh, on the 8th. And then on the 10th, I'll be right down in Loveland to, uh, to see the Shark or the Barracuda and the Eagles play, so that uh, that makes my weekend very busy and very fun. Well, you'll have a lot to talk about for Monday's show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of fresh stuff, maybe, huh? <laughs> and maybe even an interview or two. Yeah, we'll we'll shoot for it and see what we can get. 
Okay, so we got that going on. Let's take a quick break, and let's uh, come back and see if we can bring uh, our man uh, Shang Peng in with us in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino, right in downtown Las Vegas. Our friends Derek Stevens and everybody over there at the D and the Circa. Uh, we just can't wait to get back there once the hockey season gets started. We'll be there soon. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, Rob Rothfarb, out from beautiful Southern California. Give us the weather report, Rob. Make me cry again. It's 75 degrees, uh, or oh, should shush. I say glorious degrees. Shush. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those are real tears. Um, <laughs> okay, as I promised, we have the uh, the beat reporter, the, the guy in the know from San Jose and all things San Jose hockey. We've got Shang Peng with us from SJ Hockey Now, and you name it, any other sort of media outlet that needs to know what's going on in San Jose always reaches out to Shang. So uh, if we have Sheng, I will uh, bring him on. And uh, Sheng, if you're there, it's Scott and Rob with you tonight. Thanks for joining us. The uh, technical can't... difficulties. Yeah, I can't, can't hear <laughs> Sheng yet. I, I think it's just a matter of getting him in the call-in loop and, and getting him on. So in the meantime, we'll uh, Terry and the crew work on that. Uh, we will uh, – uh, continue to chat just a little bit about hockey, and hopefully we'll have Shang here soon so we can uh, dig into the Sharks slash Barracuda prospect uh, camp that's going on right now. And 
I think we got him. Shanks, Scott and Rob with you tonight. How are you? Hey, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, just a little behind there. Uh, but yeah, uh, Rob, I think I can beat you there. It is 58 degrees in San Francisco right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shanks bringing it right off the get-go. <laughs> Okay, my friend. The last time I saw you, we were uh, we were in Southern California. We were looking at uh, a little bit of AHL playoff stuff. Um, it's back for real, isn't it, Shang? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, Sharks development camp just started today. They're going to be hosting a prospects a prospects scrimmage on Thursday, and yeah, it looks like uh, all aboard uh, to the NHL and AHL seasons next month. So. Uh... Saying so who who are some of the prospects that you're excited to see in this game on Thursday? Oh, absolutely. Everybody is, uh, you know, wants to see William Eklund. Uh, William Eklund, uh, first round pick of the San Jose Sharks at uh, this past draft, seventh overall pick. Uh, most people were surprised that he got that far to number seven. Um, so very skilled uh, forward. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing him against, uh, you know, some of his um, peers uh, this Thursday. Uh, also, too, uh, Thomas Bordalo had a terrific season at Michigan, uh, rookie of the year, Big Ten rookie of the year this past year. And so he also will be making his debut in a Sharks uh, jersey on Thursday. Shang, as you know, um, we're always got our eyes peeled to the Pashnik brothers. Brinson coming back uh, for a second year and also Steen, but um, how, how have they looked in day one? Well, uh, actually, uh, media is not allowed into the uh, the Sharks development camp. So haven't been able to see any of these guys up close uh, because of uh, Delta and the, you know, just the COVID precautions. And so we will be allowed to watch uh, the game on Thursday, the scrimmage on Thursday. So I'll let you know then, uh, but a uh, uh, Brinson uh, will be participating uh, in this uh, scrimmage is actually a pretty high caliber scrimmage considering that Brinson played in NHL last year. Uh, Alexei Melnichuk uh, is also participating in this scrimmage and he played in NHL last year, and John Leonard uh, also uh, played in NHL last year, and he's uh, in it too. And so, yeah, so there's uh, it's not you know the typical kind of development camp scrimmage where um, it's uh, you know kind of non NHLers that sort of thing. You know, this is going to be a pretty a pretty high level. I mean, John Leonard played I think like uh, forty plus. Uh, NHL games last year and so a little bit of a surprise actually uh, he's even uh, here for this and also to Sasha Chimileski so also playing NHL last year and will be also be a part of the scrimmage what about Daniel Gustin uh what's his odds of uh probably making the uh team uh at least sticking around for a little bit in the prospect camp well, I think uh, Gushin, yeah, is probably a long shot to to make the Sharks. He had a terrific season last year in the USHL. Um, I know that they're uh, quite high on him, uh, but he's probably a guy that I would think is going to see some some time. Uh, actually, he's, he's scheduled to play with uh, Niagara uh, in the OHL uh, this uh, this coming season. He's actually supposed to go last season, but of course, the OHL didn't have a season, and so uh, Gushin just ended up staying with his USHL team. And so I think that he's going to be a guy that probably uh, will need a little bit more uh, seasoning, I think. Um, and so I would guess that he goes uh, to place for Niagara, though, you know, uh, because he is a uh, European, I, it is possible for him to start with the AHL too. So I think it just sort of depends on uh, how he acclimates uh, to, uh, to, you know, to action, uh, with, uh, you know, with men and that, and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, so, if he does, uh, if he does uh, make his debut in San Jose uh, this year, though, I would think though that'll probably be more likely with the Barracuda uh, than with the Sharks. Shang, I just was telling Rob before the uh, before you came on that uh, Colorado announced today, and this is where I first saw it, was that the Barracuda will uh, be in Colorado for a couple of exhibition games prior to the start of the AHL season in October, I think the 9th and 10th or something like that. So uh, anything planned for San Jose itself with uh, the Delta variant uh, rearing its ugly head? Are there any any chances like that would happen? Or how, how do you see things working out with the virus? Uh, well, you know, I, I think the big the, the difference now, of course, then as opposed to last year is that 
you know, uh, you probably all seen the report that 85% of NHL players, more than them, have been vaccinated. Um, <clears throat> not sure what the numbers are in juniors or minors, but I'm sure it's a very high number also, uh, just because uh, it's just practical, really, to, to get vaccinated. You don't uh, want to, you know, you know, there's different protocols for those who are vaccinated as opposed to not vaccinated. And so I think for most players, it it's, doesn't seem to be too hard a decision to get vaccinated. And so because of that, I think that we will be able able to have a season as scheduled, you know, in terms of, you know, fans and that sort of thing, that's a whole nother uh, question, a whole nother thing. But um, I would think that uh, with most players vaccinated, we should be able to, you know, complete uh, uh, the, the schedule that the AHL wants uh, this year. I think it's uh, 68 games again for the Barracuda. And um, yeah, so I, that, that would be my expectation that it should be, uh, you know, guys will miss games because of, uh, you know, because of getting COVID and that sort of thing. But in general, though, we should be able to have the season as scheduled. Are there contingency plans in place just in case when uh, the Delta variant hits worse than people expected? Because I don't think teams will forfeit if they can't dress enough guys. Uh, but what is what is the contingency plan for the COVID? That's a good question. Uh, that actually, I have I haven't looked into it uh, enough yet. I'm still in development camp, so <laughs> so we're yeah we're already talking about <laughs> the season here, developed, but... <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would think that there are definitely contingency plans and that sort of thing. Uh, wouldn't shock me if uh, yeah, there's a return of the taxi squad, uh, though. That's something that I ought to look look into more. Um, I think obviously uh, about a month ago, two months ago, everybody was thinking that we would be able to have a fairly normal season, uh, like it was just two, three years ago, that sort of thing. And so there wouldn't be such a thing as a taxi squad and that sort of thing. But now, though, it does kind of make sense that there might still be a taxi squad. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's a really uh, actually a good question that I, that I do need to look uh, deeper into in terms of uh, yeah contingency plans uh, in case. Okay, so enough of the uh, prospects for now. Um, the offseason was kind of busy in San Jose like it was a lot of places. And then now recently it's just kind of dropped off. But Tell us some of the things that uh, you saw with the, the Sharks roster and the guys that came in and the guys that left. Well, the Sharks made a, a lot of kind of under the radar, uh, but I think smart acquisitions in uh, Aiden Hill, uh, James Reimer, uh, Nick Bonino, and Andrew uh, Cogliano. I mean, it is, I think, an open question uh, if the Sharks overpaid for a Hill. A uh, second round pick uh, is, you know, a pretty uh, weighty price to to trade for a goalie that uh, with under 50 NHL games to his credit. And so, yeah, so we don't know if he's going to be a legitimate starter or not, but the Sharks certainly think so. They're putting their bet on him. You know, the price that they paid for him suggests that they think that this guy uh, can be NHL caliber, at least 1A, 1B goalie. I think the acquisitions of, uh, of Nick Bonino and, and Andrew Cogliano, they add an excellent locker room element to the team. You know, these are guys who are unquestionable, uh, are unquestioned in terms of their approach and being pros. Uh, and that's going to help a Sharks locker room that, of course, we've heard stories of uh, there being issues in the room, especially with uh, Vander Kane. Uh, but I think a Nick Bonino in particular is a guy uh, whose game hasn't, uh, he's a bit older, like Cogliano, but Cogliano is a guy who uh, his game has transformed to more of a fourth liner as opposed to he used to be a middle six guy in Anaheim. Uh, but Coughlin is you know, a little bit older himself, and so his game has you know, kind of dropped a little bit, but he's still a good player. Uh, Bonino, though, uh, hasn't quite dropped off quite as much, and so they're counting on Bonino to be uh, a kind of a rock-solid third-line center. Uh, that they were missing uh, last year. And so anyway, uh, in these guys, uh, all the names I mentioned, these are uh, good uh, under-the-radar acquisitions, I think, that can help make the team better. Uh, you know, But I think the question with the San Jose Sharks, the same question we've seen for the last two years is, you know, can their stars, you know, start to uh, start to, uh, start to play uh, like they're getting paid? Uh, guys like Eric Carlson, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, Logan Couture, and still open question. You know, there were some promising signs last year, especially from a Couture, you know, who actually was red hot to begin the season, first half of the season, uh, Logan Couture. Uh, I think he was second in the league in five-on-five -five goals uh, through the first half of the season. Uh, but then he totally dropped off, scored, I think, maybe two goals uh, after the midway point of the year. 
So anyway, can those guys who have all crossed into the 30s, can they still be stars? And if they can, uh, this year they do have a little bit more help in the names I mentioned, you know, the, the Boninos, uh, you know, James Reimer uh, can help uh, provide, Reimer and Hill can, uh, should be able to provide better goaltending than Martin Jones did uh, last year. And so in terms of the guys uh, going out, Martin Jones is obviously, you know, the huge name who got bought out needed to get bought out it's been a uh, three poor years from him and the sharks needed to kind of that extra uh cap cushion uh, cap space they can get by buying him buying him out they needed that uh, pretty badly uh and so anyway i think the sharks uh, right now if, you know if i'm going to assess it overall i think they are a better team than they were last year the only problem is that they weren't a very good team at all last year uh they were pretty far from missing the playoffs and so being a better team uh in, in the 2021-22 season doesn't mean a whole a uh, whole much uh right now uh but if you know big if with them but if their big name guys uh, big name guys can kind of return to some uh prominence then uh then they can be kind of a surprise team in a pretty weak pacific division now the team revolves around brett burns it, the way he goes the team goes and you had a great article that you dis- discussed the good and bad of brett burns you want to talk about that a little bit Sure. Though I, I will, uh, I guess, uh, I disagree with the, the point about the team revolving about Burns. I mean, in some ways, I guess you're right at this point insofar as uh, Burns is the Sharks kind of uh, yeah, undisputed number one defenseman in terms of usage. Um, but of course, though, in terms of uh, who's getting paid more, it's Eric Carlson. Right. And so really the team needs both of those guys to get going. But uh, speaking specifically of the article that I wrote, um, I've actually, uh, I also did a similar piece about Eric Carlson earlier in the summer, things that Carlson is still doing well and, you know, areas of decline in, in his game. And Brent Burns has sort of the same thing where uh, the production isn't there for either, but uh, there are signs that, you know, that they can come back to some, uh, you know, better production next year. You know, Carlson uh, still has a lot of kind of, uh, if you look at some of the micro stats uh, uh, in his game, uh, for example, uh, you know, Carlson is still, you know, lugging the puck uh, end to end rushes is a stat that they track uh, for in terms of micro stats. Uh, so end to end rushes. Um, you know, Carlson is still uh, as strong in that area as he was uh, three years ago. Um, and these are stats, microstats from Sport Logic, by the way, as a company, a third party uh, microstats company that. Um, I think every initial team uh, uses actually. Uh, but anyway, uh, and in terms of Burns, you know, what are some of his qualities uh, still? Uh, Burns actually, you know, he's criticized a lot for his defending, but Burns is actually a very, very active defender. He has a very active stick. Uh, his, um, volume uh, his rate of uh, stick checks uh, that's separating the man from the puck with a stick is just as high as it was in his Norris caliber seasons and you know it, it's top 10 in the league in, in terms of uh, all defensemen and not again not just a volume in terms of rate you know uh, per 20 uh, stats in, in that department and so anyway there are a lot of stats that suggest that uh, Burns and uh, and Carlson uh, still have a lot to their game but there are some stats that also suggest that there's been significant uh, decline uh, just for Burns for example in the articles that I wrote uh, one major area of concern for Burns is that he doesn't uh, deny the uh, the zone entry uh, as as, uh, as as well as he used to um, and so that speaks to just sort of um, you know, maybe he's lost a little something in his skating, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, I think with Eric Carlson, uh, one issue that uh, the SportLogic microstats pointed to was actually uh, Carlson is not as active in a defensive zone as he used to be. You know, Carlson used to be uh, as strong as, say, a Brent Burns in terms of uh, stick checks, uh, block passes, uh, just little things in the defensive zone that just show your, you know, alertness and activity and that sort of thing. And there was a major uh, drop-off uh, this past year uh, with uh, Eric Carlson in that department. And so anyway, in summary, uh, go read the articles. Uh, a lot of time was put into them. But uh, basically, though, I uh, with uh, Eric Carlson, uh, I think offensively he still shows a lot of promise. But there's very distressing signs of uh, decline in his defensive game. I know a lot of people make fun of Eric Carlson for not being a good defenseman you know, def- uh, in the first place. But... Uh, there, it's, a, it's a greater drop than 
even uh, what used to happen, you know, uh, in Ottawa or, you know, times like that when, you know, uh, he might get walked here and there, you know. He used to be a very, very active defenseman in a defensive zone. So even if you know, he could be, you know, kind of a bullied out physical down low, uh, he still showed a lot of energy and activity defensively, which uh, he did not last year. And with Brent Burns, uh, in summary, um, actually a lot of his defensive numbers are pretty strong in terms of his in-zone defensive activity. Uh, does have, like I said, difficulty uh, de uh, denying zone entry, so that's some concern, questions about his skating. And of course, uh, with Burns, there are big questions about his offensive game insofar as uh, his, you know, everyone, when everyone uh, talks about Brent Burns on the ice, everyone thinks about his shot. And he's shooting at, uh, literally, he's shooting uh, at a rate uh, half of what he used to, uh, what he used to in his prime uh, in the D uh, Peter DeBoer era, half. So he used to average, I think, about nine shots uh, 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 per twenty at um, at five on five, and it's down to like four point uh, four point five. So that's that's a huge, huge, huge drop. Basically, you know, his primary weapon, Brent Burns' primary weapon, you know, has sort of been uh, muzzled. Uh, there and so can that uh, return you know is that decline on Brent Burns himself or is it on the the team around him you know being much weaker uh, you know it's probably a little bit of both but anyway yeah so that's sort of the the gist of both of those articles and I and finally I I speak of both of them together because they really are the nexus of uh, sort of the the San Jose Sharks, uh, what the San Jose Sharks want to do, what they run around, uh, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. And if uh, both or neither are playing at a Norris caliber level at the money they're making, uh, the Sharks are in big, big trouble. And I should add a third name, too, because he is pretty much as important, if not quite as important. And it's a Mark Edward Vlasic. And uh, Vlasic's decline, a very sharp decline the last few years. Actually, uh, you know, in some ways, he might be the most important of the three insofar as uh, in my article, uh, my Brent Burns article, I pointed out that Brent Burns has uh, been forced into playing big defensive minutes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a big shutdown defense minutes. You know, a lot of defensive zone starts, that sort of thing, right? Uh, Burns has become on the Sharks uh, the primary shutdown defenseman, along with uh, Mario Ferraro. Now, that doesn't sound like something that is the best use of Brent Burns' offensive skills, right? Brent Burns' skills in general. But the reason why Burns was forced into that position was because the guy that you think should be their shutdown guy and who was paid to be their shutdown guy, Mark Edward Vlasic, has declined so much that Vlasic was on the bottom pairing this past season. And so you could see how that kind of creates a chain reaction. You know, the, the Vlasic... Uh, 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 domino falls and that affects uh, Eric Carlson and especially that affects Brett Burns because Burns is essentially playing the minutes that Vlasic should be playing right now. Anyway, so long story short, so those three guys are all tied together. I understand completely. Let's go back to the goal because you got James uh, Reimer and you got um, Aiden Hill. Um, 1A, 1B or is there a definite 1 and a 2 in that? At least well, when the season I, starts. Yeah, I mean, of course, we'll have to see how both play in the preseason. And I think that'll determine a lot about you know, who gets the edge early on. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt that Aiden Hill's the guy that they want to 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 you know to to take uh, to take over as a number one. I mean, seeing as what they gave up for him, right? They gave up a second round pick for him, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise how high a price they they paid for him. Uh, but that's a guy that they like, right? And so if you're going to pay that kind of price for him, then that's a guy that you expect to take over as your number one. And it's a little bit shades of actually when the Sharks traded for Martin Jones in the summer of 2015. And they traded a first-round pick to the Boston Bruins, who acquired Jones's right from the Kings. They traded a first-round pick to the Bruins for for Martin Jones, you know. And at that point, Jones had I think just 34 NHL games to his credit, um, so he wasn't proven as a starter either. But the price paid uh, for the asset, um, you know, uh, really uh, uh, suggests uh, who they ex expect. And who they want, uh, you know, to be their number one. Well, let me tell you also, and Rob, I, I'm sorry for jumping in there, but um, uh, from Aiden Hill, from what I've seen uh, over the four or five years he's been in Arizona, uh, he seems very durable. He just seems like he's never really gotten that opportunity to be the guy. So I think uh, now with him coming in and, and like you say, getting the uh, the opportunity to win that job, 
Uh, I think you're going to see some good things from Aiden. I think he's very solid uh, in his fundamentals, and I think he's one that uh, doesn't get rattled. He's pretty, uh, pretty cool, calm, and collected. So that's a good thing, I think, uh, for the Sharks. Uh, I wanted to also ask you uh, about the offensive uh, side of things. I mean, we talked about some of the additions in Cogliano and Bonino and uh, Logan Couture having to step up maybe and bring his game back to where it used to be. And Tomas Hurdle, though, is a guy that's always bringing it. Am I correct on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, save for uh, uh, Vander Kane, uh, Hurdle was the Sharks' uh, most consistent uh, player uh, last season. And he, I think, has supplanted Logan Couture as essentially the Sharks' number one center, at least in a lot of people's eyes. I'm not sure if the Sharks see it the same way. Um, Couture may still uh, get you know more of the minutes than Hurdle, but, uh, but Hurdle is a you know, terrific player, consistent, uh, solid on both ends. And so, yeah, uh, he's uh, everything you say he is. Well, one thing I want to touch on is the Van de Kane situation. You talk about bringing in guys that are locker room guys. He was not very much liked in the locker room. Is he done with the Sharks? What's the latest on that? Yeah, that's a that's a a, a very good question. I, I wish I could answer. Um, I, I think that the first step with Evander Kane is if the NHL finds that he has gambled on NHL or San Jose Sharks games, then this is just a guess, you know, speculating, but I think it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty uh, comfortable guess that he will have played his last NHL game uh, because gambling on hockey, gambling on, you know, your, your own team, even if you're gambling on your team to win is just a big no, no in sports uh, in all, you know, in all team sports. And so if the NHL finds that, then he's he's gone. He's I believe will, will have played his last Angel game. Um, now, uh, barring that, and you know that's an incredible kind of leap to think that Kane would have done that because again we know just you know going to baseball you know Pete Rose right we know that you don't gamble on your on your own sport you know the, uh, but anyway if he if, if the Angel does not find that then the next question is okay well can the, you know what can the Sharks do with Kane and it's going to be a a a, a big a uh, big uh, a challenge, a big question mark. <laughs> you know, whatever, 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 however it's resolved. You know, uh, you know, if they try to terminate his contract, they find some kind of breach. Uh, obviously, the NHLPA and Evander Kane will fight it, and it's going to be you know kind of a long with, with uh, a drawn out battle. Uh, I guess if we look at a past examples, uh, Mike Richards and the Kings. The Kings tried to terminate Mike Richards' contract, and eventually they had to come to a settlement. And that settlement saw Mike Richards getting paid, still getting paid by the LA Kings and all against the cap until 2032. And so that might be one, uh, one course that the Sharks really, you know, uh, um, you know, if, if they find some, I guess, cause to try to terminate Kane's contract. Uh, another way they can go, of course, is to uh, try to trade Evander Kane. Uh, the problem, of course, is that who wants Evander Kane and who wants his, you know, seven, uh, $7 million per year with four years left? Who wants, you know, stuff with uh, bankruptcy, uh, his, his uh, issues, continued issues with just his treatment of, of women that keep coming out? Um, you know, who wants all, all, all of that? Now, Evander Kane obviously is a very productive player. He was the San Jose Sharks team MVP last year. Um, so somebody will want uh, that guy uh, uh, because he can, he can pot in 25, 35 goals a year and he can skate and he can hit and he can fight uh, all things that are, that are, you know, that matter on the ice, even if, if the off the ice stuff uh, is far from great. And so someone might take on that big money, but, uh, the Sharks being in the, in the position they are in in terms of just their leverage, uh, I doubt that anybody takes on uh, all, of, all of Kane's uh, money and years uh, without some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of uh, uh, sweetener. So the Sharks will have to add something on that. They want to try to trade all of Evander Kane's uh, um, uh, contract. And I don't know if the Sharks are up for that because it's, it's going to be, it's going to cost, <laughs> it's going to cost, it's going to cost a, a lot to get rid of Evander Kane and his money through that way. 
Um, you know, a buyout, of course, uh, would 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 uh, would be another option, but not anymore. Though, because the buyout windows have closed for the San Jose Sharks this year, and the fourth uh, uh, possibility is that the shark, the, that Kane just comes back to the Sharks next year. Hopefully, they, you know, you know, hope, 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 hopefully, or they hope at least that you know they they can uh, that he can mend bridges with the locker room, whatever happened, and that sort of thing. Uh, but that seems like it's that's a huge, huge challenge too. So. Uh, any option we have is a pretty ugly one, I guess. <laughs> so do we know anything as far as when uh, the NHL is going to make a ruling on Evander Kane's situation? Has that been leaked out anywhere yet, uh, Shang? Uh, no, we uh, do not uh, do not know uh, right now. Um, Bill Daly said a couple weeks ago that uh, it should come pretty quickly. Uh, whatever that means, uh, you know, the conclusions uh, to their investigation uh, will, uh, will, will, they'll come to it uh, quickly. Uh, so it sounds like they should know before training camp, uh, but that, while that may be soon in terms of uh, bureaucratic NHL terms, of course, that's probably not soon <laughs> enough for uh, the Sharks and whatever they're, they're planning because, yeah, you know, uh, that's uh, however way you, you, you cut it. Um, it's a big loss uh, on the ice, at least, if you lose Evander Kane on the ice for the Sharks. But it also is potentially, at least, uh, if the stories are true, a really big headache if you uh, are forced to bring him back. And, you know, uh, with, uh, yeah, in, 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 a, in, a, in a situation where, uh, the room uh, doesn't sound like uh, they're really embracing him anymore. Yeah, that's why I was asking the question, how can he ever come back to that locker room? Because at least the, the veterans that have been there have said that they don't want to see him back basically in the, in the locker room. And the new guys, their locker room guys, they're going to go with the, with the older uh, Grizzly veterans say, and I don't see him playing with the Sharks. And, and like you said, it's going to cost a lot to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely a rock and a hard play situation. And another, you know, to add to you know everything you just said there, which is uh, correct. Um, you know, you also you know uh, may not want his influence with the younger players. You know, the Sharks are hoping that William Eklund, eighteen-year-old William Eklund, their prized first-round pick, can make the Sharks this year. Yeah, I think there's some belief that he may be able to make the Sharks out of camp. Uh, but do you want him to be looking up to Evander Kane? Uh, at this point, it doesn't sound like it. Okay, so a couple of things before we let you go. Uh, number one, give us an update on uh, the building that's uh, coming up for the Barracuda. How close is that to being ready? Oh yeah, it's going uh, uh, quite well. It's uh, scheduled to uh, scheduled to be available for the Barracuda to play in, I believe, uh, next year, uh, next season, and not not uh, in, not in two months from now, but 2022, uh, 20. 2022 season um and everything sounds like it's on time uh, they may even finish it uh, uh, uh you know before the scheduled date at least that's what i've heard that everything has gone well with it and so yeah so all all, all good news there and uh, i'll be seeing you there probably scott yeah for sure me or rob rob's got that uh, territory too for me but uh the other thing i wanted to touch on was rob and i started the uh, the show talking a little bit about the quirks in the AHL and NHL schedules. And certainly uh, I think uh, San Jose has their share of quirks in the schedule. What did, what did your, uh, what's your opinion, I should say, Shang, of the, the schedule when you saw it? Oh, um, I don't know. It's that's, that's, you know, I, I guess it's an interesting answer, but I usually don't like, it's just, it's just what it is. I don't, I don't really care either way, you know. So last year when they did the series, that was great. You know, I, I liked, uh, you know, uh, you know, if I traveled somewhere that I could be there for four or five days, and there'd be two games played and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, this year I know they, they pretty much done away with the series idea, um, and so it's, you know, slightly, slightly back to a more traditional schedule. Um, so, but you know, that's nice too because you're able to hop to different cities. At least it looks like we'll be able to do that. And so, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't have any any big issue with it. Oh, I will I will close with a fun question. On the in reading your articles, I got a chance to peruse the website a little bit, and they oh, have thank a, you. They have a cocktail of the month. Scott, do you know what the cocktail <laughs> of the month of August is? No, I sure don't, but I bet Shang does. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I'm more of a beer drinker. I'm not. I'm not a mixed <laughs> What is it, Rob? Person. You're the one that brought it up. <laughs> it's, the bu- it's the buzzer beater. 
Don't ask me what's uh, in it because I, I I watched it, but I didn't really pay much attention. But, well, I I, I think I, I I think that uh, uh I think it's a tequila. I think a tequila uh a brand sponsors the shark, so I think yes. that's where that's from. I've it's actually never tequila. watched one of those videos in in, in yeah. full. Because like I said, I've become more of a, a beer guy, <laughs> and I'm not too big of a, te- a tequila guy in the, in, the, in the first place. Um, so yeah, but uh, anyway, though. Um, so in terms of the the cocktail of the month, I'm not uh, fully uh, 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 fully on board with that, just because like I said, I'm I'm more of a, a beer guy. Cocktails uh, brought me a lot of trouble back in the day. <laughs> well, well, why don't you have a beer of the month then? <laughs> That's true. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, beer of the month. Like, uh, come at me at don't go to the San Jose Sharks. Come at me at San Jose Hockey now. I will uh, happily take on a beer sponsor. I I can definitely uh, try the product and be uh, you know fully you know like I drink this. I authorize this. Let's, let's find a local one in San Jose. Because the question I want to talk the last question I have really for you is: We always talk about the vibe of the city when what that a hockey team brings. Talk about the vibe of hockey in San Jose. Um, I think San Jose, um, there was that love affair with the Sharks when they moved there. Uh, you know, uh, famously after the Sharks, the 94 Sharks uh, lost in the playoffs to the Maple Leafs in the second round, seven game series. Of course, that was a big surprise for the Sharks to even make it to the playoffs uh, where they upset the, the Red Wings and then to to push the Maple Leafs to seven games, right? As soon as they threw a parade for the Sharks, they threw a parade for a team that lost in the second round. Um so throughout the Joe Thornton era, um, you know, roughly, you know, uh, roughly the years, not 2003, that's not the Joe Thornton era, but that's when the sellouts, you know, they had regular sellouts for about 15 years or so. Uh, I will say, though, that the last few years, though, I think that there has been some degree of fatigue, maybe that the Sharks uh, haven't quite got over the hump. Um, you know, they, they've been, uh, uh, almost their team for a long time, uh, in that, uh, Joe Thornton era. And, uh, they never got quite over the hump uh, to win that Stanley cup. And now, uh, they look like, uh, they should be on their way to rebuild, but they can't or won't do it because they have so many big money contracts. And so I do uh, sense, uh, some kind of sort of, uh, uh, fatigue with the sharks also too, obviously COVID fans not being able to be there also changes the entire you know the the vibe and that sort of thing um but i do also think though that uh it's a city that is you know ready to embrace its hockey team again if some things can happen you know Uh, it might be a few years away but you know you need some young players to emerge uh you need to shed some of the older older uh you know older players who are underperforming their contracts or those guys will need to turn their games around and start performing up up to the level of their contracts um so i i think so i think i think there's there's a little bit of both there's a love uh for the team a real one uh that's you know been there for uh, 30 years and i think is still there and still interested and still wants to you know is interested in seeing the team do great but it's waiting for the team to come into greatness again and uh might be a little while for that um but of course there are some promising signs you know going back to development camp guys like a william Eklund and thomas bordolo and gushin and guys like that okay my final one for you there was a name that went under the radar that you guys picked up uh, that's very familiar here in the Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Tucson area. Nick Merkley. Um, any thoughts on Nick Merkley? I, I, I saw him play a lot with the Tucson Roadrunners over the past uh, few years. And uh, I think he's an emerging, emerging, really good, maybe top six forward. Uh, your thoughts on Nick Merkley? Well, I think it's actually speaking of another another guy who uh, came from the Arizona system, uh, Lane Peterson, uh, was also picked up yeah. by the Sharks. He's and a good so- one, too. Yeah, so I think I think there's going to be a very interesting competition uh, for a job uh, uh, this uh, 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 this training camp. Actually, maybe between Merkley and Peterson, because if you look at how the Sharks are constituted now, assuming that Evander Kane does come back uh, to to the fold, uh, they have uh, 14. Uh, 14, uh, you know, you know, they're they're going to have a full complement of forwards, and so it's going to be a, a question about you know, who is waiver exempt, you know, who they might be able to, uh, to send down. And so I think, um, I think a guy like, like Merkley, you know, uh, Nick Merkley, they'll need to put through waivers, I believe. And so, you know, will they risk losing him? But I think the same goes for Lane Peterson. You know, that's a guy who might need to, to, to be exposed to waivers too. And so, 
you know, will, you know, so who, who, who will, who will win out in, in, in that battle. Um, and so I think I, yeah, so I, I think in terms of Merkley himself, um, I think this might be sort of his last chance to really prove, you know, prove himself into, uh, prove that he is a middle six angel forward. Uh, so far he's shown that he can play at a fourth line level. And everything I've heard, in, you know, indicated about him is that yeah, like he is a legitimate angel player, but you know, is he more than that? And so I think I think this might be his uh, his last chance where he he'll, he'll get a, a pretty good chance on a Sharks forward group that's not the deepest, and so he may get a chance to show his stuff. And I think the same goes for for Peterson too. You know, uh, you know, will they will he be able to kind of emerge? Because I know the Sharks like like Peterson uh, quite a lot. Uh, you know, they traded up fourth for him, and they sort of targeted him, and so. I I, I, th- I think it's going to be an interesting battle between kind of those uh, those guys uh, in terms of for uh, for for a spot with the sharks. Uh, a lot of the other uh, roles on the sharks spots on the sharks are you know should be locked up you know by veterans like Benino and Cogliano and the big names like Couture and Hurdle and etc. and etc. But when we're talking about you know your thirteenth forward or you know a fourth liner who maybe can move up. I think uh, Merkley versus Peterson is going to be a pretty good matchup to watch uh, uh, this coming training camp. Shang, I appreciate your time, especially on short notice and with your uh, your busy schedule now with things getting underway. But um, I have to leave you on this one because uh, every time we look at uh, the Sharks, we have to look at the Barracuda. And uh, you and I last saw the Barracuda together. Uh, when I uh, when I think of the Barracuda, I think of uh, a lot of depth this year. I think they're going to be a really, really tough out in the AHL uh, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think so. Especially uh, up front, uh, uh, it's uh, it was interesting to note that the Sharks development camp roster uh, they uh, have twenty seven forwards in it, and they only have two uh, two invitees, uh, two tryouts. And uh, one of them actually is Rocky Thompson's son. And so uh, anyway, so 25 of 27 forwards. And that doesn't even count guys like uh, who aren't at, at camp, like Ivan Chekovich, for example. Uh, 25 of 27 forwards um, were, uh, were, you know, Sharks property. And obviously not all 25 forwards are going to the Barracuda. Um, you know, some guys are, you know, going to stay with their uh, with their uh, Canadian junior teams. Guys like Weisblatt and, and Robbins uh, are likely to do that. Uh, but still, it kind of suggests, though, the strength uh, up front that they have. Like, you know, guy, a guy like John Leonard, right, who played 40, uh, 40 plus Angel games last year. Uh, he's a guy that finally might get that AHL seasoning that maybe he should have had uh, last year, and you know, which may be better for him in in, in the long run because you know, Sharks' lack of depth last year kind of forced him to play uh, up front uh, for the Sharks. But uh, they have a bit more depth this year with the guys they added uh, in a Benino and Cogliano, and also uh, you know. Balzers, Rudy Balzers emerged last year as a, you know, a possible a possible middle six caliber forward. Alexander Berbanov too. So the Sharks come in with um, a little bit more forward depth than they did last year, and so that pushes guys down. Uh, guys like I mentioned, like Leonard, uh, Chimoleski, Chekovic, guys that all played NHL games last year, but you know maybe they it won't be as easy for them to get into the NHL uh, this coming year, which will help the Barracuda. Well, it's going to be fun to see the uh, original Pacific Division back where it belongs and uh, the AHL Pacific Division where it is. And looking forward to see the Kraken and to see that new team up in Abbotsford. So it's going to be a fun year. Thank you, my friend, for joining us. And uh, we're going to call on you again along the way, if that's okay. Yeah, anytime, guys. All right. That's Shang Peng with SJ Hockey now joining us. We appreciate Shang's time. We're going to take a quick break, and Rob and I will be back to wrap up another Professional Hockey Southwest weekly episode in two minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. 
We love going to the rink in sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Resort, Hotel, Casino, everything that you need on Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb from beautiful Southern California. Uh, Rob, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, I want to throw this at you as I always do. What did you hear from Shang Peng tonight regarding uh, hockey in San Jose? Uh, it's a city that is craving for a winner, and he has no idea how good this team could be or will be. Pretty much sums it up. He's knowledgeable, uh, but it's just you don't know with this team. You really don't know what kind of goaltending they're going to get. Uh, you know, can they – Get the goaltending to, because it all starts with goaltending. We always talk about that. And your boy from Arizona, can he, can he wrestle? Can Aiden Hill wrestle the uh, starting job away from James Reimer? Because if James Reimer starts for the Sharks, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it mildly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they made some nice additions. I think they had to make some nice additions. I think this Evander Kane thing uh, is going to be a problem. Uh, until he's removed one way yes. or the other, whether it be a, a trade or whatever it might be. Uh, so I think that's going to be something that's going to hang over him. And I don't know how much um, that that's actually going to be a detriment to uh, their play on the ice, but we'll find out quickly. Um, the other thing is uh, their defensive core, um, you know, they, they have their three pairs listed right now on the roster, but boy, I, I think they need some some injection of something. Uh, whether youth. it's youth or uh, youth, <laughs> youth or or maybe strength or um, I don't know. I mean, when Brent Burns is designed to shoot the puck, if he's defending all the time, you're not getting your best out of a, a Brett Burns that's uh, the elder statesman on that uh, defensive core. So maybe you got to get, uh, you know, and, you know, being an ASU homer like we are here, uh, maybe Brinson Passionate needs to make a push and see if he can't wrestle a spot away. Uh, from somebody and get in there. So, or maybe it's Mario Ferraro that's got to step up. But I think somebody has to step up in that defensive core to uh, start utilizing uh, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson uh, where they need to be utilized. And that's definitely on the power play and uh, getting shot opportunities with a good, solid uh, defensive partner. Well, when Eric Carlson is forced to play defense, you're doing something right. He's not rushing the puck if he's playing defense. So, and the same thing with Brett Burns. It's, it really relies on Mark Edward Vlasic. Can he make a comeback? Can he have a rebound of a season to take some of the pressure off of both uh, Burns and Carson? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's always fun to get a look from somebody inside because nobody is more dialed in in San Jose than, than Cheng. And uh, I, I love that. Uh, next week, we're going to try to get a, an Ontario Rain guy, an ASU uh, play-by-play announcer, an ASU grad, I should say, in Josh Schaefer. I reached out to Josh, and hopefully we get Josh on to uh, to talk about the Ontario Reign and the Kings organization for us right down the street from you. So hopefully uh, we can do that, and then we'll just kind of move around the horn and see what we get. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Um, the Kings are a good young team. They have a lot of depth, a lot of talent in their minor league system. There's, this AHL season could be a lot of fun for them too. Yeah, I think AHL in the Pacific Division is going to be – just on the edge of your seat every night. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then, of course, the traditional uh, Pacific Division in the NHL sees Colorado and Arizona move over to uh, the Central. So um, 
Vegas, um, maybe Anaheim if they sneak in with some of their new guys. And, uh, of course, Edmonton is going to be there. Calgary is going to be there. And who knows what Seattle is going to bring. I think they'll be better than a lot of people expect. And we'll just have to see how things play out. It's going to be exciting Pacific Division. Uh, and with us covering it, everybody will be staying tuned to find out every Monday what happened in the week from the AHL and NHL. Absolutely. Take it away, my friend. I will. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at vd.com. Boost Mobile where all the plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to take you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Refine your drive with M-Drive. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey, Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. That was a tongue twister. Professional Hockey Southwest <laughs> Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Uh, that means that means that tongue twister uh, podcast is coming right at you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I did want to mention, uh, you probably heard the new drops uh, with the Summer Skate Studios. We have a, a, a new partner. Well, not a new partner, but a extended role partner as uh, summer skates has jumped on board to become our uh, summer skates studio partner sponsor for the entire season on all four of the podcasts and we're glad to have summer skates on uh, September we look to give away some summer skates so tell your friends to start listening subscribe follow us on both uh, the Twitter um, and Instagram and uh, gee where else uh, Facebook <laughs> and uh, anywhere else that you can get there uh, get out follow us listen to us of course subscribe here on Podbean and uh, enjoy a winning some summer skates swag coming up in September those, those sandals are great I just need a pair that fit me uh, they fit my daughter <laughs> but they don't fit me so but, but, but I'm hoping that more friends tune in there were some tune that tuned in tonight and uh, we appreciate you tuning in so uh, get get your uh, keyboard ready whatever you need to uh, win some summer skates yeah we'll tell you when uh, September rolls around we've got a lot of stuff building up to uh, the start of the NHL and AHL seasons in October we'll spend the month of September giving some stuff away thanks to our friends at summer skates uh, the koozies are fantastic we got some of those and some different summer skates. And I know they did make a larger size because a lot of people were looking for them that had uh, larger feet, let's say. And uh, one of them is our, our co-host on Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, was looking for a pair. So who yeah, knows? He, he Maybe comes they'll last. fit him. <laughs> He's what? He comes last. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. We'll say goodnight, everybody, with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>